Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Profit Growth Podcast with me, Lucy Starbuck. I am a chartered accountant, and I am here to educate and empower entrepreneurs, founders, business owners with all things finance, but also some other topics interspersed within the podcast series because it's not all about numbers. Now, I'm very passionate about the fact that numbers definitely dictate a lot of what goes on in your business, but there are other things that I'm extremely passionate about as well that are not numbers related, but definitely will have an impact on your numbers. And a lot of the time it's around mindset, it's around behaviors, it's around process. So this is one of those episodes that's not gonna be finance focused, But I am positive that understanding this particular topic and nailing it within your business will absolutely drive incremental profits, incremental cash. And that's why this podcast is called the Entrepreneur's Profit Growth Podcast, even if the topic itself isn't strictly finance related. So what are we going to talk about today? So we're going to talk about the concept of having standards within your business and also boundaries within your business and really what the difference is between the two things, because they can actually sound very similar. And then in a more practical sense, how these two interplay and how holding really high standards within your business and what it looks like and what the impact that it can have on your business to make sure you've one, identified the standard that you want to have within your business and two, actually upholding that standard. So let's get into it. So what do I mean when I say standard and what do I mean when I say boundary? So I'm sure we've all talked about putting boundaries in and whether that's at work, in your business, in life, Exerting a boundary is often talked about, especially when it comes to, um, you know, self-care, self-love, preserving your mental health, etc. If you put a boundary in that you won't tolerate that, or if you put a boundary in that you don't answer emails after 7pm, whatever it might be, that's quite common. So the definition of a boundary is a line which marks the limit of an area. And conversely, the definition of standard is a level of quality or attainment. So already, even in the definition, one thing I want to highlight is the actual feel, they feel very different in terms of what their end kind of goal is. So a standard talks to words of levels of quality and attainment, whereas a boundary talks to a line which marks the limit of an area. So almost immediately, we can see here that standards are something that are a high quality nature of maybe a high vibration. They just feel better. If you're operating a certain standard, that's the the level at which you strive to operate versus a boundary. That's really the lowest that you'll actually tolerate or the lowest uh, denomination that you want to operate in. So energetically very different. So I do want to just really focus on standards because I personally like to operate in a more positive, in a more optimistic environment rather than having to exert boundaries because if not, you'll be walked all over. That to me is almost like a last resort. So I actually want to focus on how we can choose to operate at the high standard within our business, which we will operate rather than having to wait until our boundaries are about to get trampled over. So If you have solid standards within your business, then actually the need to have to exert your boundaries 
will be minimal. And, and honestly, I hope it goes away completely. So, and to kind of talk about that point a bit more. So your boundaries are often exerted, as I mentioned, when they're already close to being crossed. And if you just think back to when you've experienced your boundary almost being crossed, remember how you felt. So oftentimes you might feel frustrated or angry or just annoyed at the person, um, pissed off, upset, disappointed, because you know something's gone wrong and you're going to need to almost like energetically put up your hand and go stop. So that's what we're looking to avoid. And we're looking to operate in completely a much higher frequency than this within your business, because just harking back to how you felt when you had a boundary continuously crossed, we want to avoid that because it actually takes a lot of energy to go, hang on a minute, why do I feel like this? Pull yourself out of it and go, what do I need to do now? To when I already feel shit. Now, what do I need to do to try and make myself feel better? Um, have the conversation, do the thing, and then hope you might magically feel better after that. What I want for you instead is actually never to get to that point. But yes, it will involve having hard conversations. And we'll discuss this um, later on in the episode. But to be able to know you're always operating, not only for your greatest good, but also for the greatest good of others. And Setting your standards will actually allow you to have both parties' interests at heart as well, which is one of the other reasons why I love, love, love setting high standards. So the other main thing when it comes to the key differences between standards and boundaries is that standards are usually asserted at the start of the relationship and that might be your business relationship that might be your working relationship that might be any other kind of relationship but usually your standards are exerted at the start so and a boundary is usually exerted further on down the relationship so you kind of almost backtracking which is to my point before makes it actually harder to exert a boundary because you've already had loads of behaviors and loads of interactions that have not held your standard and now you're having to put in this big stop sign so this is sometimes why setting standards gets missed because it's done at the start when nothing has gone wrong so or you think everything's going to be rosy so for example you an, an example, a practical example within business is setting, when you have a new customer, for example, setting terms and conditions and setting the scope of the engagement. If you're a service provider, for example, or if you're a product-based business, it is setting delivery times, for example, rather than, oh, I'll just, I'll just post it and hope it gets there quick, you know, um, and then the customer thinks it's going to be there in a day and it's actually there in five days and someone's angry. And then you go, oh no, we never said it's going to be there in a day. We said it's going to be there in five. We're telling you now it's going to be there in five. I didn't think that was a big deal. And that's a very minor example. But so to go back to contracts and terms and conditions, etc. This is why these things are so important. So if you are just setting out on your business journey, or if indeed you have been on your business journey for a while, but you don't have either letters of engagement, terms and conditions set up, then it will be very hard to even enforce your boundary, really, when it's uh, when it, if anything does go wrong and it comes to it. So an example of that that I've had recently, actually, um, it's a good example, is that I had a client want to engage me to implement some software within their business. So um, some accounting software. 
So I am relatively well versed in that. And it's one of the things that I offer as part of my virtual CFO business. Now, the person who came to me was actually a friend of mine who runs a successful startup. And I have to say, I thought twice about it because I was like, oh, I think my friendship is more important to me than, you know, what if something went wrong with this business, etc. And then I actually remembered this concept of standards and boundaries. And I'm like, okay, I am running a business and I can set the standard of how this engagement will operate. And so what it did was actually allow me, one, (laughs) to say to my friend, absolutely, let's work through this. Let's understand the scope of the engagement. And I put together the scope of the engagement and quoted the price and gave that a lot of thought because equally a scope is really important as well. And um, at the time, just because um, he was my friend, he was like, oh, it doesn't need to be too formal, just a couple of bullet points on an email and and a price. And actually I took it upon myself to go, I will make this formal and not because I didn't trust anyone, anything like that. One, I want to role model effectively what how I do business you know and I want that to feel consistent whether it's with a friend or whether it's with an acquaintance or whether it's with a complete stranger so my process for doing business will always include me sending a formal quote me attaching um, a contract and an example of my terms and conditions and being very clear about the quote so just in like the virtual CFO finance world the scope of the engagement is really critical to really just get rid of any ambiguity if your client came back and said, oh, I thought you were going to do this too. You don't have to have the argument at the end of the engagement. It's all done up front. So, um, and sometimes I think maybe as, as females, you go, I, I don't I don't want to rock a boat. I don't want to sound like I'm being really, you know, masculine about this and just going, this is what I am doing. This is what I'm not doing. It's not about that. It's about making sure everyone is clear. So, What this did when I went back to my friend and now client, I was able to say, okay, this is what I understand of the request. I will perform these four things, for example, and I think it will take me this long. But as I, one of these things was new for me, I will come back to you at 11 a.m. on the X day of the engagement and discuss with you if I need more time. Really clear. And what that did was just allow them to go, oh, okay, that all makes sense. That sounds good. And a quick question, is X, Y, Z in scope if I did need that doing? And I was able to say, no, that's not in scope. That'd be a separate engagement or an extension of this engagement. Okay, great. And then the quote was accepted. The work took place. And within a week, it was all done. Everyone was happy and invoices paid, work complete, and the engagement was closed. So... I set the standard and we both operated from within that standard rather than me going, oh, it's just my mate. I'm sure it's going to be fine. I don't really want to rock any boats. So I'll just do it from, you know, real mate rates. And yeah, it sounds straightforward, straightforward. So I'll just do it. And then later down the line, you know, he'd be like, oh, what were you doing here? Or I thought you were going to do this. Like that question he asked me about the scope could have just been him assuming that that was in scope all the whole time. And then at the end, he'd be like, oh, I thought you were going to implement this too. And I was like, well, that was never on my radar. So do you see where terms and conditions and contracts are really important for setting just standards of behavior? And in there should be when your invoices will be sent and when you expect them to be paid as well.
So practically in business, if you have not got those standards in place, then may I recommend that you contact a lawyer or have a look at some standard terms and conditions that you may be able to find online to make sure that you have yourselves covered contractually to make sure that you are always operating from the highest standard you possibly can, because what that does is bring your clients up to your standard as well, which is exactly what happened to me. Now, I'm not saying that this particular person operates at a low standard at all, but it just makes sure that you are working on an even playing field. And the key point here is that you both have clarity about how the engagement progresses from there. And so one of the biggest examples I see around standards being dropped is payment of invoices. So one of the really daunting tasks, I believe, in small businesses is demanding payment. Demanding is probably not the best word to use, but making sure you get paid for the services or products you provide. So there's often a lot of icky feeling around money, especially the ability to receive money, which is what this all relates to and the art of receiving is a whole other topic and stems not just from being able to receive money but often as females being able to receive compliments being able to receive help and money is just one part of this that is really important to be able to heal any wounds that you might have when it comes to the ability to receive money because at the end of the day you've started a business to achieve something so you have you want to make impact um in with your clients you also have started this business to make money so having low standards around the invoicing of your services or product and the receiving of money is a non-negotiable so you cannot afford to have low standards around this because this actually can mean make or break for your business Cash is king. It will always be king. And because if you physically cannot pay your payroll and you employ people, you cannot pay your suppliers, then there will be an issue with your business that could turn fundamental. So I'm going to turn this bit more back into a positive spin because there are a few things and I've alluded to them on my Instagram around um, things that might help you set high standards when it comes to chasing invoices and I even hate that word too so when it comes to ensuring you're getting paid in full on time the first thing is that you asking for payment on time for your invoices does not mean you are desperate for the money it simply means you are holding your clients or your customers accountable for the agreement that they made you provided a product or a service and they need to be able to keep their side of that energetic exchange. So my recommendation would be rem sending reminders before the invoice is due. One, that protects your cash flow because you have assumed that you're okay for it not to be paid until the due date, but it must be paid by the due date. So sending reminders when you don't actually, inverted commas, need it, but you're just saying, don't forget this needs to be paid next week. You are also role modeling how to request payment of invoices on time. So by and large, you will be doing business with other businesses. So one of your uh, your clients, your customers are also potentially business owners too. So you are simply role modeling what it looks like to be requesting, to be reminding your customers that payment should be made. So that is a really powerful tool that I use a lot when it comes to small business. If I'm ever in one of those moods where I'm like, oh, I'm sure they're paid tomorrow. 
Well, actually, also the business that I'm in, I talk about cash flow a lot. And so I need to be role modeling to my customers what it's like to actually be in a very kind way, reminding them that my invoice is due and needs to be paid in full and on time. So let me give you another example around holding standards when it comes to invoices. So let's say, for example, I am a photographer and I photograph weddings. And in the contract that I send to all of my wedding couples, it says that my invoice is payable in three different installments and everything, all the entire, all the installments, all three need to be paid in full before I can I will perform the wedding day. So for example, in the lead up to the wedding, you might have a meeting, a Zoom call with me, where we work through styles and mood boards and what have you. But the final payment is due prior to me attending your wedding day and doing the agreed shoot. Now, if that third installment was not paid prior to the wedding day, like what would you do in this situation? And so to just recap, your contract said that no work, no wedding photography work will be performed unless the payments have been made in full. Now, the only option in this situation is to not shoot the wedding or have that conversation with the couple in question who have not kept up their end of the deal that they signed. And I understand this is very, very, very difficult. And actually, you might say this is not an option, right? But let me just explain, I guess, what happens when you do do it. You're like, oh, don't worry about it, guys. I know you're good for it. Then I'll I'll do it. Just pay me later. One, that clean, energetic exchange of the contract where things are written in black and white and signed has almost gone out the window. And so rather than the very clean lines of third payment made, wedding photography shoot done you've now blurred the lines so when do they need to pay this invoice like who cares anymore because I've got my wedding stuff done or they didn't even you didn't even need the money anyway or it's just a case of have you then let down your standard that you will actually even receive that third payment so then does that become your reputation energetically as someone who hasn't held the standard and someone who can just not keep their end of the bargain right because you're not keeping your end of the bargain by letting them off not paying their installment and I would guarantee to you if you said unfortunately because you haven't and I I don't think you wait till the wedding day right you have the conversation say this was due on x date I will not be able to attend this wedding unless you pay they will find a way to keep their end of the bargain right they will know that they have not and so what that means is they will rise to your standard rather than You do the wedding anyway, you'll be pissed off while you're shooting the wedding because bloody hard work. They haven't fully paid their invoice. Will you do your best work? Probably, because I like to think that's kind of who you are, but also it just feels energetically shitty. And so after the wedding, you got all the editing to do. You then got your Zoom call or your in-person meeting to show them the photos. At what point are they actually paying? You're annoyed. You've now got to set a boundary of like, sorry, I'm not showing you your photos until you've paid me. Yuck, 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 yuck. Whereas if it's a case of this was the agreement, you didn't meet your end of the agreement. Unfortunately, I now cannot continue meeting you through this agreement. So you're holding your standard, which was set right from the start, right? That's why the contract is so important. So it sounds dramatic. I would almost guarantee the fact that they would then rise to your standard 
and then you can you know skip into the sunset and carry on so the last point i'll leave you with here is actually the concept of holding yourself to standards as well so while you're busy in your business holding your customers your clients your suppliers your employees to a standard it is also imperative to make sure that you are operating yourself in high standards in and around your business as well and in your life. So what I mean by that is is the example I've just given around the wedding photographer and you not having received that final payment on time. The example here that I would also give is that do you meet all of your financial obligations on time? So there's an energetic exchange here. If you can confidently say, no, I pay my invoices on the due dates and I pay my ATO obligations when they are due, I'm, I keep very clean and clear and I know I have the cash to do that, um, then yes, you almost even cleaner, you even more cleanly can hold those standards for your customers and your clients. But if, for example, behind the scenes, you're holding yourselves to low standards. You, you know, you haven't completed all your bookkeeping. I'm being very finance heavy here, but um, you know your CRM system's in a bit of a mess and you're not quite sure who's calling you. You don't set yourself a standard for when you respond to client um inbound emails, for example, then that may be where you start looking at the different areas of your business and setting yourself a standard. And what that will do is that will, once you consistently meet that standard in all areas, it will actually then give you the confidence to then exert those standards with your clients, with your customers and with employees. So that would be from a practical perspective, my first starting point for you is actually look and see where you know you're operating from a lower standard than you would like and clean that up and then find another area and clean that up, for example. And then you can bring it into your business and start holding other people accountable once you've learned to trust yourself to hold those standards. And just a final example here as well. If you are an entrepreneur, a founder, a small business owner that employs staff, what standards do you have for them versus boundaries? So having standards for your staff actually make sure you're really clear on what tasks they need to perform to do really well in this job, what behaviors they need to exert to do really well in this job. They will then have an exceptional experience working for you. They will perform exceptionally well because you're very clear about how you expect them to perform versus you not having really given that much thought and just being grateful that they turn up on time. Just thinking about that, that's a really good demonstration of holding standards and just exerting boundaries. Oh, you, you didn't turn up till 10 past nine today. Like that really is just a basic boundary that you really shouldn't be, even need to be having a conversation about. And then for yourself, right? So what standards do you set yourself for this business? So it's an iterative process. If you feel actually there's some work you can do, start internally before moving externally. But hopefully that resonated from a, a standard and a boundary perspective from a business lens. This will really start to clean up your house and clean up communications and it will drive profits and it will drive cash flow in the examples I've just given anyway. Um, so really, really important. Would love to hear your feedback. Please send me a DM on Instagram. I'm at lucystarbuck.co or jump on my website as well and drop me an email, lucystarbuck.co. And I look forward to speaking to you on the next episode. Take care.